0: Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are.
1: To the podcast i'm dan and i'm jordan and this is flyover ministry and we are wow based off of last week i'm surprised i'm just yeah back to back to normalness
0: you wanted it so
1: i'm letting you have it i wasn't i didn't specifically ask for it. i just said i was saying that in the sense that you threw me for a loop but <laughs> um i am going to throw you for a loop here and ask i think the icebreaker questions we did last month were intriguing It was the worst sound that's ever been made on our podcast to date with the slurping versus sipping. But I will ask you where your dream vacation is. And it has to be uh, outside of the uh,
0: continent of North America. Are you trying to get like my bank security question? No. Okay. Okay. This Is that marinade. your
1: bank security question? This may or
0: may not be one of my bank security questions, so I might have to answer with a different answer. Um, I I think both Sarah and I, I think, would agree that we were intrigued by the shooting location for the Lord of the Rings films. Mm. That neck of the woods. Seems very Kazakhstan. pretty down there. Yep. <laughs> the, well... If, they,
1: if that is your bank security questions, our listeners are welcome to the $3.14 that you have in your account.
0: <laughs> yeah, the interest rates on that is just, I'm making bank. Oh, man. Well, welcome point, to ministry. Point one percent. We, something we point live zero.
1: off the interest. <laughs> That's not true. We are talking about today, uh, continuing our topics from this month. Uh, about cultural issues. And we're going to be focusing today on uh, promiscuity and uh, pregnancy as well. So again, just a little uh, heads up for those of you with younger listeners. Um, We know that this is something we want to do to honor you as parents and as other adults, that if you have other kids listening that you want to have these conversations, but having them listen into this podcast uh, isn't the way that you want to do it, then maybe find a different time to listen to this or send them out to watch, I don't know, Bluey or something, <laughs> I don't know, um, but we're going to be talking about um, some difficult topics today, we're going to be doing some, some heavy plowing, and uh, yeah, let's get into
0: this, Jordan. But. Right. So, right off the bat... <laughs> you start.
1: No, you start. No, you start. Well, I can take it, yeah.
0: <laughs> right off the bat, oh. I think it's healthy for us to recognize that this is an uphill battle um, with the society that we're living in. Because um, that the message of, if it feels good, do it, and you are totally autonomous, and you are the ultimate authority um, on your life and morality, is so pervasive and and I think I think we would all be kind of humbled and surprised if we were really able to see how this is even impacting our own lives right mm-hmm. uh, but that's no less the case in the life of our students so when we're talking about sexual activity um, especially in school years uh, the hookup culture is really large you know there's we we recognize and celebrate God's good design for sex and intimacy and in that it is, very pleasing and very exciting um in the proper boundaries it is something to be celebrated and it's holy and i think we can miss that sometimes uh the goodness of it to to celebrate but what we see more often is our cultural approach where because it is good it does not anymore have boundaries to it and and we rebel at the boundaries and i think this is there is a little bit of americanism in it too just like it's my my human right to um, pursuit of you know life happiness and the pursuit of pleasure I think you know we could say it's kind of a new <laughs> American ideal um, and the reason I say all this is because when we're talking with our students the concept of a holy sexuality something that is to be paused for now uh, and enjoyed within certain parameters exclusively is so foreign right Um, We just look at the the cohabitation rates and uh, back at the turn of the millennium in the early 2000s, it was already something like 40% of couples were cohabitating. Um, So you're having all the actions of married life without the commitment of married life. And I, I do recall walking with several parents who had kids that were living together before getting married And I don't know whether or not they were sexually active or not. That does seem to be the implication. But the parents are kind of like, well, what do you expect us to do? Like, it's expensive to have two different places. And um, this just seems like the best fit for them. And, you you know, that mentality is there. So all of that to say, this communicating a biblical sexual ethic as far as waiting for marriage and... It's just very much an uphill battle. But that doesn't mean that there's no hope. That means that we just have to be speaking clearly and speaking consistently on this issue.
1: The other side of this as well is just recognizing that when our culture says that this is the norm and when our parents treat this as the norm, um, even from their own experience, right, we're kind of left from the biblical perspective wondering, you know, professionally, ministry wise, Gospel motivated wise, how do we talk to people about this? You know, how do we address sin when people don't care about that kind of sin, right? Mm -hmm. When culture says that, no, this isn't exactly a sin, um, when, you know, obviously culture doesn't care what sin is, right? That's just the impact of the world. And this is very much Romans 1, where uh, we start to see, especially Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Six, no, no. <laughs> basically, basically the whole Bible, where we see that like one of the ways that God punishes sin is to turn us over to sin and to let us live in that, to see what life is like without him. And when we start to address sin to a world that doesn't care what sin is, that is a huge complication, especially because that's um, not our job to convict people of sin anyway. And yet, in order for the gospel to be good news, there has to be bad news. And the focus of our message isn't the fact that people are sinners; it's the fact that they are saved from that sin. So drawing out that kind of attention to it—it's—it's it's a delicate thing, and I think sometimes I find myself in a position where I wonder, even if like I have the relational capital to breach this subject, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And sometimes you do, where you can say, "I'm—I'm I'm just so glad," you know. Uh, youth worker to parent that we have this kind of relationship where we can have this kind of difficult conversation, and we can work together at this where we can be open and, you know, I I'm and I am just thinking of things that I have said in the past uh, to parents as we come up with this kind of topic, uh, not specifically teen pregnancy or promiscuity, but just in general. I said, you know, I'm I'm kind of an idiot and I I might. I, pro- I probably will say the wrong thing at the at the wrong time, um, so I'm just preemptively asking your forgiveness, but just know that I'm here for you, and I uh, love you guys, and I, I want to walk through this with you. So uh, being proactive as a leader on that front is huge, and I think parents see that and recognize that um, as being pretty unique from any other organization or group that they're in, because uh, if there's one thing that separates the church, it's the fact that we are invited and called to love people unconditionally. That's not something that kids are going to get on their basketball team or FAA or the Lions Club or 4-H or, you know, whatever. You know, so we, we as we show God's love here to people, Jordan, the, the question that we're going to launch into this especially is you know, what happens when you learn that a student is sexually active or even when you discover that one of your students is pregnant.
0: Yeah, this is this is a tough one to walk, and I I'm not certain about which one you'll more likely encounter. Um, if a student is pregnant and they maintain the pregnancy, that's obviously going to be more evident in time, and then you can mm-hmm. conclude that they've been sexually active. Uh, but just knowing the rates at which, I suppose we don't have like a, a good grasp on that but sexual activity amongst students is not um not necessarily a small number and you know i wouldn't be surprised if there's more that we're just not aware of too and i recognize that some of that is happening um but the the big question then is what happens if if you are married made aware of one of these situations and our response is going to be really significant right because i mean i'm thinking about um I I did have an opportunity to walk with a student in a family uh, with a teen pregnancy. And I'm I'm just thinking about um, how that unfolded a little bit and how things happened. And and when they reached out, um, just trying to imagine the turmoil that they were going through in that moment, right? Um, If someone's going to reach out to you, it means that, that they're really feeling it whether it's they're just terrified of what's going on, they're uh, scared, they don't know what to do. Um, mm-hmm. So if you are being made aware of one of these situations, chances are that it's it's going to be a pretty significant experience already for them. So what's our response? Uh, generally speaking, I don't think the most helpful response is going to be um, calling them on their sin. I think a lot of times if they're coming to you, that's a step that's already been established I mean you can you can talk about that but if you do that's probably something that's going to happen later on Um, and again this is just me talking about here this isn't prescriptive of the way to do it with everybody Um, but in the situation that I experienced um, this is kind of what happened and especially with these situations like the two words I mentioned last episode was redemption and restoration right having sexual sin and sexual problems is a very shaming thing and you worry about what's going to happen in the eyes of your peers and and those around you Uh, what happens like what is a church family going to think you know they're going to think all sorts of different things some of it might be true some of it might not be true they just don't understand yes like we get that And, and but they're going to be feeling the weight of this right and their future has totally been altered now. Like, there's there's no going back. Even if you go through an abortion, which uh, our culture really pushes right now, that's going to carry with it a whole host of other things. The emotional baggage of that, the uh, recognition that you you killed a child, right? Um, so we, we want to recognize that this is a very tense, stressful place. Um, and in this moment we have the privilege to be able to say God still loves you. Mm -hmm. God can take this situation that all you see right now is nothing but negatives. And he has the power to turn it into something good. And that something good might be just simply becoming a mother to a child and being able to see this little thing that God has made grow. Right. Like how miraculous is life as, as a dad of, of several children, you know, and and you you've got kids too. Like that's, Mm -hmm. there's times where it pulls your hair out. Right. And that's why we were a little bit lighter on the top, but well, not pulls your hair. Sometimes it just falls out (laughs) on its own. (laughs) Sure. And so it's stressful, but I, I think that both of us would be able to say that, that it's been filled with blessing too. And, you know, there, there's an opportunity for that in the situation. There's an opportunity for God to use that story. um, For God to, to change the the pain and turn it into something good. And so in that, what the main thing is, is like giving hope, right? To remind them that they're not a damaged good that can't be restored, that's going to be loved on a lesser level than their peers. Um, but instead to remind them that Jesus is for them and especially for them in that moment. And, and you know, you could even take them to a passage where there's... Um, the the two people going to the temple to pray, one's the rich man, one's the tax collector, right? And the rich man's like, I am so grateful I'm not like that tax collector. But the tax collector is so broken by his sin, he can't even look up to heaven. And he says like, God, I am this miserable sinner, essentially, forgive me. And the text says that one man went away justified and it wasn't the Pharisee, right? And so for, for this student, you can say, look, you coming and you expressing your sorrow over this, coming with a repentant heart, you have an opportunity to be justified in the middle of this. And so like hope is such a huge thing. And that's that's like the very first start. And then after that, you know, we we get into how do we, beyond just youth worker to parents, um, but as a congregation, how do we step in and support this family in this crisis? Right, because
1: there's... Only so much that I think, like when people start giving reasons for why they would want to have an abortion, um, I think about the single parent families that are around us, right? The the mothers that decided uh, to keep the child, um, and even sometimes the the dads who who step in and say, uh, "I'm willing to take this child, my, my child," uh, when the mom says no, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's the mom and dad together, and they're both. 16, 17 years old, and they have no idea because their life right now is, uh, adolescent soup of, of they're going through puberty, much less, uh, the rest of high school and the rest of everything else in their life. And their life has all of a sudden taken a huge radical shift in, in a certain direction where, you know, maybe this was a one night hookup. And now all of a sudden they're, they're wanting to be active together. Um, to raise this child and now all of a sudden this hookup deal this high school romance has turned into what could possibly turn into a a marriage right so now you're dealing with um, your students and addressing this with them and I think there's a way for a church to be able to address this uh, objectively without needing to have explicit details Um, I know that there are tremendous needs that families have period uh, you know, and especially when you're looking at a situation like this, where fa- the family is a longtime member or they're long standing members. And um, it's not even so much about the public embarrassment as it is like oh, we bring it up to the church, but we're afraid of how they're going to act. You know, I've seen churches that host baby showers mm-hmm. for these kind of families. Uh, there's churches that even help the parents try and find a uh, foster families or people willing to adopt this child Um, and allowing kind of that close proximity to be able to say we are more than willing to accept this child into our family but we still want you to be a part of this child's life as the biological parents like we want you to be here with us and um, you know there's a lot of difficult conversations that are going to have to happen down the road as this child grows up and finds out that, you know, this was, uh, um, unintentional, but you're here and this is the way our lives turned out. And, you know, life gets really messy and to be there as a church, as the constant source of unconditional love and support, uh, to families like this. Um, I think, and we'll talk about this in a later episode as well. There's a way for you to, uh, to love somebody without, um, affirming their actions they're they're two very different things Uh, and it's up to the church to not judge sin because that is god's job Uh, but it is up to us to love people unconditionally the way he instructs us to so um, i think that is uh, a big challenge but it's a challenge that i think that, that god equips the church to be able to handle as the need arises and as a leader to be able to help guide your church through that, Uh, again, if you're out of your depth, if you feel kind of uncomfortable to know that you're not in this alone and to be able to know who to go to for help, uh, Christian counseling centers, uh, other resources that maybe your county might offer as well, thinking of the social aspect of all of this, uh, but realizing when you go to a place uh, that offers social services that they're really not going to touch a lot on the spiritual aspect of that, which is where you are able to then step in and cover that front as well.
0: Yeah. I'm really glad that you brought up the whole baby shower thing. Cause that, that was something that we did see happen too. And mm-hmm. that, that does communicate to the student like that they're cared for, that they have support, which is one of the huge reasons, uh, like you mentioned before, that, that they are tempted to um, have an abortion is because they feel like the burden of trying to do that all on their own without any help um, and, and like you said too, we, we don't want to, um, we don't want to condone the sin. And I think that after this has been established, this level of care of like, we we love you, we want to support you, um, and we want to demonstrate that to you. And you show that you're committed. I think that also opens a door to say at some point now let's explore how we got here and how do we grow from this and you know change right. so that it doesn't happen again right and that's where we're going to have the opportunities like with that care as you're walking with to say so you know what was the need that you were feeling you know was it just a simple mistake is this something that's been going on for a while and and seeing like this is how we see god's best being given to us in his word like it's actually for our good that god gives us these commands you know mm-hmm. because if you were in a committed marriage with this man you wouldn't have to worry about like, you know, I'm going to be all alone because you've got a partner who's committed the rest of his life to be with you um, and things like that. And another aspect too, is that the being cognizant of not just focusing so much on the student that we forget the parents because mm-hmm. the parents are going to be walking through a whole lot with this as well. Right. <laughs> and they're going to need new, support. new
1: grandparents, that, that and, and new unexpected grandparents.
0: Right. And if, Especially if this is their first grandchild, you know, like they had, they had a vision of what this was going to look like, right? They had um, dreams and thoughts of what this could be. And that's totally upended now. And so there's a grieving, there's a loss with that. Um, But there's also the confusion and and maybe self-blame. How did we miss this? How did we let this go on? Or why did this happen here and stuff? Where have we failed? And so being cognizant of that, too, and walking with the parents and saying, look, um, there is there maybe there is something that you can take ownership of this of this as well. But we have to recognize like your child is their own person and um, being a a minister of the gospel to them, too. And and ultimately, what does that mean to serve as a minister of the gospel? Mm -hmm. Like we said, it's about giving them the message of hope, the message of forgiveness. But even bigger than that, it's appoint them to Jesus. Because pointing them to Jesus does show us forgiveness, but it also shows that he calls us to a special life, a life of holiness. And, and that's the biggest help that we can, can be in that situation.
1: Right. I think another aspect of this as well, as you as a leader, to be able to introduce opportunities for the adults in your church to be able to listen to the students in an open and honest situation where you're able to ask them, honest and hard questions uh to be able to even just maybe for a youth group this week you just give them a slip of like a a a card like a note card and you tell them like write down like two things that you wish your parents knew about what your life is like uh or tell me like um i know we had an opportunity where i actually we had our uh, parents and students sitting down together during a, a, a mutual time of meeting. And I had asked the students, like, how many of you would you say that uh, you have friends that are sexually active? And these are like junior high into early senior high students. And almost all of them raised their hands and the shock and look on the parents that they they had was like, we had no idea. Like we just assumed like that happens over there, not here. No, it happens here. And you kind of have to have the opportunity for parents to honestly and sincerely listen and hear what their mm-hmm. students are saying about what life is like. Uh, so to be able to kind of uh, break the glass, I suppose, is the best way to say that. To be able to, to show them, like, you know what? This isn't just big city scenario. This isn't just happening f- uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. This is happening here right now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and I realize we're just trying to be as uh, casual, uh, not casually, but just kind of comprehensive in this topic as, as we can be. And we're trying not to go down too many rabbit holes, but to try and help you as a leader to be able to, to know how to proceed. So um, in this as well, I think I'll, I'll close on this. And Jordan, you can add in at the end here too, if you have other things to say, but, you know, God does take bad things and, and turns them for his purpose all the time. Like that's, mm-hmm. That happens all the time in scripture, mainly, and especially seen at the foot of the cross, where God takes an impossibly bad scenario, and he turns that around. And guess what? It was God's perfect will that Jesus die on the cross. And he takes that impossibly awful situation and turns it into our redemption, where we're saved from sin because of this terrible scenario. And God is able to take impossible scenarios like that if he is able to do that when he was crucified on the cross for our sins if he is able to turn that into something beautiful and magnificent it's a source of hope for what he is able to do with the mess that often comes into our own lives as well that eventually and in some way unbeknownst to us that he is able to take our mess and turn it into something beautiful as well that brings him further glory and That's where faith comes in, is that sometimes we don't have that answer. We don't know what that looks like. But in faith, we continue to listen and obey and follow Jesus.
0: Yeah, those are good words. And I think one thing, too, um, just to wrap up thoughts here, uh, not that we want to necessarily display healthy sexual relationships to our students, because that's kind of something that's private and not something very visible. But what we can do is, like, we can look at people in our congregation that do have healthy um, love in a committed marriage for one another, and you know, champion that for your students because they don't have many good images of what this looks like uh, to have someone that's that's genuinely loving another person and not defining love as something merely physical, but love as supporting and caring and being selfless. And I think that's a huge thing that we can do for them. So I hope that. There was something here that you could grab onto, think through, uh, be encouraged by, and you know I don't know how many of you have dealt with this, um, or if it will be something you deal with in the future. But if so, I, I pray that this would be something that gives you a decent foundation to to walk with as you go forward. And so, uh, in in all sincerity, uh, we pray that you would be able to go forth in joy and faithfully serve the Lord with truth and grace.
1: Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.